This isn't the real Caesar's Palace, is it? What do you mean? Did Caesar live here? Um, no. I don't think so. I went to Vegas last weekend. Pretty crazy. Vegas, baby! Vegas! Gentlemen, welcome to Las Vegas. Why don't you give me half the money you were gonna bet? Then we'll go out back, I'll kick you in the nuts, and we'll call it a day. Some guys just can't handle Vegas. Hello and welcome to episode number four of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. My name is Jeff and I'll be your host for this little audio journey to fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, a.k.a. Sin City. Now, before we get things going for this episode, I just want to take a few moments to thank everyone who's been tuning in and checking out the show. I've had quite a few plays on the previous three episodes, which are available on the Walker New Media channel on iTunes and SoundCloud and by heading to walkernewmedia.com and clicking on the podcast button on the main page. I've had lots of folks reach out to me via email as well at jeff at walkernewmedia.com and on Twitter and Instagram at Walker New Media as well to share their feedback on the podcast and say thanks for some of the tips and tricks that I've shared. Also want to give a special hello to Chris from the Faces and Aces Las Vegas podcast. He reached out to me via Twitter and we're planning on doing some crossover work with our two podcasts in the new year, which is very cool and something I'm really looking forward to doing. So here I am back at the podcast after completing trip number seven of 2018. I had an absolutely amazing trip this time around and was able to share the trip with my wonderful wife who so patiently put up with me taking photos, posting to my Instagram and Twitter and writing notes in my iPhone during the trip. I ate some wonderful meals this time around, took in some awesome entertainment, and got to spend time with my wonderful Vegas friends. So, without any further ado, let's get things started with the Big Trip Report. Day number one, December 16th, 2018. We landed in Vegas late afternoon and grabbed a lift from McCarran Airport over to Caesars Palace. Just a quick 20-minute ride away. I was super excited about this trip. I've never stayed at Caesars Palace, and let's face it, the place is legendary. When you think Vegas, one of the first places you think of is Caesars Palace. Caesars has played host to some of the biggest names in entertainment. It's hosted some of the most iconic sporting events ever, including car racing, boxing, pro wrestling, and the first ever outdoor NHL game back in 1991. And of course, it's been immortalized in pop culture thanks to movies like Rain Man, Ocean's Eleven, and of course, The Hangover. We had the option of checking in at a kiosk, but decided instead to check in with a real person since there was literally no one waiting in line. My wife and I have this thing we like to call line karma, meaning that we somehow always manage to beat the line no matter where we go. And again, we did so in this case. After we finished the check-in process, we turned around to see there was a huge mass of people waiting in line to check in behind us. We were given a king room on the 13th floor in the Julius Tower, which is one of the more recently renovated towers. The tower is a smaller tower, and there isn't much of a view. We faced east, and all we could really see was the front of the Flamingo and a bit of the Link High Roller Ferris wheel poking out over the top. The room was nicely appointed, but not too large. It had a massive bathroom with dual sinks and a huge walk-in shower featuring an awesome rain shower head. Cons of the room? 
no fridge, which I found odd since both the Flamingo and Bally's, which are lower end properties, still have fridges in their rooms. I should correct myself here. There is a fridge, but it was the mini bar, meaning it's completely useless for storing any of your own items. Also, Caesars property still has a device limit for Wi-Fi. I talked about this back in episode number one of the podcast, and I wish they'd remove that limit. As far as I can recall, MGM doesn't have this limit on their properties, and I know for sure that Treasure Island doesn't have a limit in place. As I pointed out previously, it's not hard to reach the device limit with just one person, let alone two people, who could each potentially have their own smartphones, tablets, and or laptops. After getting settled in our room, we decided to head out for a bite to eat. My wife loves nine fine Irishmen at New York, New York as much as I do, so that was our destination. We planned on taking the free tram from the Bellagio down to Park MGM and then walking over to New York, New York. Bellagio has some upgrades and minor renovations happening on the casino floor, and some of the restaurants were closed for the pre-Christmas season. Nothing too crazy, though, and it's really just a small inconvenience. We did quickly stroll past the conservatory in the Bellagio as well, which, as always, is decorated immaculately for the season. We didn't stop, however, as the crowd was insane. It was absolutely packed, so we decided we'd come back later in the evening. After a quick tram ride and a stroll through the park MGM, we found ourselves at Nine Fine Irishmen. I decided to switch things up a bit from my usual bangers and mash and went with the chicken pot pie, which was amazing. My wife had the meatloaf, which I sampled. It tasted incredible. And of course, we both washed down our meals with a pint of Guinness. Once dinner was done, we headed across the street to check out the MGM Grand. Honestly, I hadn't been in the MGM Grand on any of my last few trips. I used to be in there frequently when I'd use the Las Vegas monorail to get up and down the strip. It's the end of the line on the south end of the strip, but since I found the free tram that runs between Bellagio and Park MGM, I haven't been on the monorail much. While we were in there, we walked past Level Up, which is the gaming bar that opened up in the MGM Grand a couple of years ago. Now, when I first heard about Level Up, I'd hoped it would be a suitable replacement for Insert Coins, which was a retro arcade bar over on Fremont Street that shut down a few years ago. It definitely is not. In my opinion, Level Up is extremely disappointing. Place was damn near empty. They only have a few games in the place, and they've recently opened up a VR experience, and they have a couple of bowling lanes and beer pong tables set up, but that's about it. After finishing the loop of the MGM, we headed north on the Strip. We only got hassled by one timeshare guy who told us, you're a lovely couple. We took the compliment and just kept walking. We crossed back over Las Vegas Boulevard to the Cosmopolitan and headed downstairs to get back out on the Strip. Quick update, uh, back in episode number one on my last trip report, I noted that the Bond Bar in the Cosmo was closed on the main level. They've announced what's moving into the location. It's going to be the Barbershop Cuts and Cocktails. They're spending close to $2 million to build a fully functional barbershop where you'll be able to get a haircut and a shave and enjoy a classic beverage as well. I'll watch for that to open up in the spring of 2019. We headed back into the Bellagio to check out the holiday display in the conservatory. It was absolutely breathtaking. 14,000 square feet of beautiful Christmas displays, including a 42-foot-tall Christmas tree. Of course, it was still jammed with people, and it wasn't easy to make our way through, but still totally worth it. 
And keep in mind as well that they change the display for each season. So the next one will debut mid-January for Chinese New Year and run through to the beginning of March. After wrapping up at the Bellagio, we jumped across the street to CVS to grab snacks and supplies for the room, including my traditional A&W cream soda, and then headed back to Caesars. Both my wife and I tried our hands at the slots with absolutely zero luck. I finished the night down $50, she was down $20. Yeah, we're high rollers like that. We decided to call it an early night and head to bed after a long day of travel. Day number two, December 17, 2018. We started the day off with breakfast at Monami Gabi at the Paris. Monami Gabi used to be one of my favorite spots to eat when I was in Vegas, but recently I'd had some negative experiences. Everything from poor service to subpar cold food, but thought we'd give it another shot, and I'm really glad that we did. The service was excellent, the food was great, I had the blueberry waffles, which were loaded with blueberries and absolutely delicious, along with a side of bacon of course. My wife had the oatmeal and a half a grapefruit. And if I can digress for just a minute here, I want to once again implore the importance of signing up for loyalty programs when you're headed down to Vegas. I'm a member of the Lettuce Eats program, which is a totally free app that you can download and use to collect points at different restaurants in Vegas and elsewhere across the US. Monami Gabi is one of those restaurants. Now, much to my surprise, because it was my birthday month, I had a $15 birthday credit in my account, meaning my waffles were basically free. So again, sign up for those loyalty programs. You never know what goodies you might end up with. Once breakfast was done, we decided to wear it off with a fair bit of walking. We strolled up the strip to the Venetian and wandered through the Grand Canal shops. Then we headed over to the Wynn, did the loop in there. Next, across to the Fashion Show Mall to look for the deals there. We followed that up by heading south along the strip, cutting through Treasure Island, where looks like they've done some sprucing up in the gaming area with some new flooring and paint. Then we popped into the forum shops at Caesars Palace to see if we could sort out any deals in there. Once we'd made our way through the forum shops, we headed back up to our room in Caesars to chill out before our night out at Monday's Dark 5th Anniversary Show at the Hard Rock Hotel. We decided to grab an Uber from Caesars to the Hard Rock, which should have been easy to do. However, Caesars has complicated things a bit by having multiple pickup points for a rideshare. There's one right out front on the main loop by the valet, and then a second one in the self-parking garage close to the Coliseum and the forum shops. When I walked out the front door of Caesars, I asked the valet attendant where the rideshare pickup was, and she directed me to go inside to the Coliseum pickup point, in spite of the fact that there was actually a pickup spot about 30 feet away from where we were standing. Honestly, I can't help but think she did it intentionally. So... We ended up standing in the self-parking garage in front of a giant sign that said Uber pickup, waiting 20 minutes for an Uber driver that, according to the app, was three minutes away. I ended up calling him to ask where he was and tell him where we were, but he had no idea about this other pickup point. He did eventually end up showing up, and as an aside, we weren't the only ones having this issue with the multiple pickup points. There was another group of people having the same discussion on the phone with their driver. Anyway, it's a quick ride over to the Hard Rock Hotel, maybe 10 minutes tops, and we decided to grab dinner at Culinary Dropout, which is a very cool gastropub with a pretty good menu. I'd eaten there before and really enjoyed it. 
This time around, probably would only give it about a 6 out of 10 max. The atmosphere and service were great. The, the room is awesome and the server was attentive, but not over attentive, if that makes sense. However, the food was just all right. I had the meatloaf, which came with mashed potatoes and green beans. The food was a little on the cool side and the green beans were clearly underdone. My wife had the rainbow trout and although it was cooked nicely and the presentation was great, the meal seemed to be missing a carb. There was the fish and the same slightly undercooked green beans, but there was no rice or potato as a side. Once we were finished dinner, it was time for the main event of the night, the Monday's Dark 5th Anniversary Celebration at the Joint. If you've listened to any of the previous episodes, you've heard me talk about Monday's Dark. It's the twice-monthly charity show organized and hosted by my good friend Mark Chinook. Once a year, Mark moves the show into the big room at the Joint to celebrate the past year's accomplishments, pay tribute to the charities who've benefited from Monday's Dark in the past year, and to reveal the charities for the upcoming year. First off, the venue. The joint is an incredible room. The place holds close to 4,000 people, and in the time it's been around, they've played host to some of the biggest names in music, from Motley Crue to Carlos Santana to Kiss to Def Leppard to Guns N' Roses and many, many others. The show opened with a video montage of some of the best Monday's Dark moments of the last five years. And watching it, it amazed me to see how many of those moments I'd experienced in person. Highlights of the night included Reckless Vegas opening up the show with their unique sound of alternative rock meets old school Vegas. The Drumbots, who you might recognize from Vegas Golden Knights hockey games, they marched in from the back of the venue and up on the stage for a kick-ass performance. John D. DeMonico performed a killer set as Donald Trump, and the tenors of rock, who have a residency in Harris, did a medley of some of their most popular songs. We were also introduced to Kelsey Sharon, who is a Canadian military vet and the founder of a company called Brass and Unity. After serving four years in the Canadian Armed Forces, including a tour in Afghanistan, she was diagnosed with PTSD and returned home. Kelsey wanted a way to give back to veterans less fortunate than her, so she started creating bracelets using upcycled artillery shells collected on the battlefield. And over the course of the last nine years, she's gone from making and selling them out of her home to getting them into stores all across Canada and the U.S. And the really cool part, a portion of the proceeds of her sales go to help various veterans charities in Canada, the United States, and all over the world. Now, she's partnered up with Monday's Dark to sell a special Monday's Dark edition of her bracelets. They're $50 each. They look super cool. My wife and I each ordered one at the show. We should have it in the next month or so. Really looking forward to that. If you're interested in ordering or you want more info, uh, head over to brassandunity.com and zip them an email and they'll get back to you with details. Mark also announced the charities that would be benefiting from Monday's Dark for 2019. And this led to one of the most emotional experiences of the night for me personally. Now, I was already planning to attend the show coming up on February 4th, but the charity announcement for that show really solidified it for me. I mentioned in one of the previous episodes that my mom passed away back in January of 2018 from a very rare and aggressive bone cancer. Now, one of her other lifelong health battles was with colitis. And as it ends up, the charity of choice for the February 4th Monday's Dark 
it's the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. And it's weird coincidences like that that make me believe my mom is watching over me and she really wants me to keep going to Vegas. After the show was done, we had the chance to spend some time meeting and greeting with our Vegas friends and the Monday's Dark family at a nice little after party in Vinyl, the club next door to the joint. All said and done, it was an absolutely amazing night with lots of laughs, a few tears, and many, many beers. Day number three, December 18, 2018. I'm not going to lie, day number three started off rough. Both my wife and I were feeling the pain of a post-Monday's Dark hangover. We slept in and decided on a late morning breakfast at the pantry next door at the Mirage. We wandered over, had zero weight to get in. I had the eggs benedict. My wife had the all-American breakfast, two eggs, toast, and bacon. Food was excellent, but I dare to say a bit overpriced. Our two breakfasts, plus a coffee for me and a tea for my wife, with a tip, 50 bucks. And my other complaint with this place, and I've had this issue consistently in several visits here, is that the service is incredibly slow. They're slow to take orders after you're seated, they're slow to take drink orders, and the food is slow to come out. If you're going to eat at the pantry, give yourself a solid hour to an hour and a half, no matter what meal you're going in there for. After our breakfast had settled and we were both feeling less hungover, we wandered south on the Strip. I was on a mission to hit up the Armory, the Vegas Golden Knights team store, T-Mobile Arena, for an ugly Christmas sweater. And I'm proud to say it was mission accomplished and I was able to score one. We also took a walk through the Excalibur, the Luxor, and Mandalay Bay just to take a look around. Both the Excalibur and the Luxor are showing their age in the public areas and could really use some upgrades and renovations. On the positive though, Mandalay Bay seemed busy and seems to be bouncing back after a decline in business following the events of October 1st, 2017. We headed back up the strip, made our way all the way to Caesars to get our plans set up for the night. We ended up going off strip to downtown Summerlin to have dinner with my buddy Mark and his wife Cheryl. For those not in the know, Summerlin is a suburb of Vegas. It's about 20 minutes west off the strip, and it was nice to expand our horizons and get away from the glitz and glamour for an evening. We had a really nice dinner with the Chinooks at Wolfgang Puck's in downtown Summerlin, but the big event of the night was the delivery of the butter tarts. I talked about this in previous episodes. During last year's NHL West Conference Final between the Winnipeg Jets and the Vegas Golden Knights, Mark and I made a bet. If the Jets won, he'd have to wear a Jets jersey at a Monday's dark, but if Vegas won, I'd owe him homemade butter tarts. Well, three and a half dozen butter tarts later, Mark was a very, very happy guy. After dinner, we partook in the butter tarts as well as some freshly brewed Tim Hortons coffee at Chateau Chinook. We had a fantastic visit, and I can honestly say it was probably the best part of the entire trip. We made our way back to Caesars later that night. My wife decided to head to bed early, and I stayed up a bit to hit the slots. Once again, absolutely zero luck. I was down 150 bucks on the night, total of 200 for the trip. Day number four, December 19th, 2018. This was going to be a shopping day for us. We hopped on board the SDX, the Strip Downtown Express bus, to head to the South Premium Outlet Mall. As I mentioned in episode number one, the SDX really is the best and most economical way to get around. 
It's $8 for a 24-hour pass, and the pass is also good for rides on board the Deuce, the double-decker bus that runs along the Strip and down to Fremont Street. Personally, I prefer to ride the SDX over the Deuce. The SDX runs all the way from the North Premium Outlet to the South Premium Outlet with very limited stops along the Strip, whereas the Deuce only goes from Mandalay Bay in the South to Fremont Street in the North, and it stops all along the Strip. Makes the ride very, very long. Anyway, there were lots of great deals at the outlet mall, and both my wife and I ended up doing way more shopping than we planned. So much, in fact, that I had to run out the following morning to buy a small suitcase to carry the extra items home, which I've never had to do before. After some relaxed time in the room after our day of shopping, we headed out on the strip to walk over to the Venetian. We were going to be taking in a show there, so we figured we might as well eat there, too. We had supper at Yardbird Southern Table and Bar. This place is now officially on my must-eat list for Vegas. It was absolutely incredible. I had the swine burger with fries and an old-fashioned to drink. My wife had the fine fried chicken with a side of collard greens and a beer. Food came out phenomenally fast. I'd say it was on our table within 15 minutes after ordering. That's 15 minutes of the absolute most. Honestly, there have been times I've waited longer for food at McDonald's. Our server was fantastic with great recommendations for food and drinks to pair with our meals. And the portions were excellent. Although when we go back, I think what we'll do is order one order of the chicken to split and then a couple of sides to go along with it. That way we'll have room for dessert, which we just couldn't do this time because we were so full. After dinner, we connected with my good friend, Lisa Marie Smith, whom I talked about back in episode one. Lisa is the former co-headliner of the show Pin Up, which ran at the Stratosphere for several years. And she was part of the original cast of the show Baz, which ran at the Venetian up until last year. Back in November, I was in attendance for the release of her first EP, which, by the way, is available for streaming and download on iTunes, Apple Music, and Spotify. Three of us grabbed a quick happy hour beverage at Sugarcane in the Venetian and then headed to the Sands showroom to take in Human Nature Jukebox, where Lisa's boyfriend Isaac is the trumpet player in the show's band. Human Nature is a group of four guys from Australia who have been performing together for close to 30 years. They perform the hits of Motown and doo-wop and do an amazing job of it. Their harmonies, flawless. The music was fantastic. We saw their Rockin' Holiday show, which, in addition to the usual songs, featured several Christmas classics. I'm looking forward to going back next year and seeing their regular show, which I'm told is being revamped somewhat for 2019. After the show, we decided to go out for birthday drinks. You see, Lisa and I were birthday buddies. Her birthday, December 21st, mine, December 20th. We ended up at Black Tap Craft Burgers and Beer in the Venetian. One of the things Black Tap is best known for are their crazy shakes. Chances are you've seen them pop up in your Facebook feed with videos from BuzzFeed or Now. And after seeing them in person, I can attest to the fact that they are as bizarre as you'd expect them to be. Lisa ordered the cake shake, which included a full-size piece of Funfetti cake on top, complete with a cherry and a birthday candle. I ordered the Cookies and Cream Supreme Shake, which came with a full-sized Oreo ice cream sandwich on the top. Of course, this being Vegas, they'll make your crazy shake a tad crazier by adding booze, which is exactly what we did. A shot of Bailey's for Lisa and a shot of vanilla vodka for me. 
Neither of us ended up finishing our shakes. It was just too much. And admittedly, they were pricey. The crazy shakes start at $15 and some varieties are limited each day, but it was totally worth it just for the experience. And I'd say you should give it a try at least once. After we were done, we said our goodbyes with Lisa and my wife and I headed back to Caesars where I experienced one of the biggest sugar crashes I've ever had in my entire life. All in all, this was an excellent trip and a great way to cap off 2017's Vegas run. We had the perfect balance of busy and relaxation, and as much as I love my solo trips to Vegas, it was nice to have my wife along with me for this trip. As I said previously, I think the best moments of this trip were the ones we got to spend with our Vegas family, just visiting and enjoying their company. And I'm already set up for the first trip of 2019. As mentioned earlier, I'll be heading back down on February 3rd to take in a Monday's Dark show on February 4th. I've booked myself into the Flamingo once again, so I'm back to somewhere familiar. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. And if you'd like to check out previous episodes, they're available on the Walker New Media channel on iTunes and SoundCloud or head to walkernewmedia.com and click on the podcast button to listen. If you've got feedback for me or you want to share some of your Vegas tips and tricks, feel free to drop me an email at jeff at walkernewmedia.com and be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Walker New Media. Thanks again and have a great day. Oh, 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 o